Jai Jai Sitchetan Jai Anitananda Jai Atreta Chandra Jai Gura Bhakta Binda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna So uh, today we want to uh, begin the discussion about uh, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. Um, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya was uh, very learned and uh, had that title, Sarvabhoma, the entire world. Um, he was, uh, probably explains, he was very expert in explaining the six philosophies. Um, let's see where we will begin. Okay. The people said that the sannyasi had fallen unconscious upon seeing the deity of Lord Jagannath. Because his consciousness didn't return, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya had taken him to his home. Hearing this, the devotees could understand they were speaking of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Just then, Sri Gopinath Acharya arrived. Gopinath Acharya was a resident of Nadia, the son-in-law of Isarada, and a devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He knew the true identity of his lordship. Mahishra Visarada was a classmate of Nilambar Chakravarti. He lived in the Nadia district in a village called Vijanagar and had two sons named Madhusudan Bachaspati and Vasudev Sarvabhoma. His son-in-law was Gopinath Acharya. Gopinath Acharya had previously been acquainted with Mukunda Dutta, and when the Acharya saw him at Jagannath Puri, he was very much, very much astonished. Mukunda Dutta offered obeisances to Gopinath Acharya upon meeting him. Then the Acharya embraced Mukunda Dutta and inquired about news of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mukunda Dutta replied, The Lord has already arrived here. We have come with him. As soon as Gopinath Acharya saw Nichananda Prabhu, he offered obeisances unto him. In this way, meeting all the devotees, he asked about news of Lord Chaitanya again and again. Mukundri Dutta continued, After accepting the sannyasa order, Lord Chaitanya had to come to Jagannath Puri and has brought all of us with him. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left our company and walked ahead to see Lord, Ch Lord Jagannath. We've just arrived and are, and are now looking for him. From the talk of the people in general, We've guessed that the Lord is now at the house of Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. Upon seeing Lord Jagannath, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became ecstatic and fell unconscious. And Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya has taken him to his home in this condition. Just as I was thinking of, as I was thinking of meeting you, by chance we have actually met. First of all, go to the house of Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya and see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Later, we shall come to see Lord Jagannath. Hearing this and feeling very pleased, Gopinath Acharya immediately took all the devotees with him and approached the house of Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. Arriving at the home of Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, everyone saw the Lord lying unconscious. Seeing him in this condition, 
Gopinathacharya became very unhappy, but at the same time he was happy just to see the Lord. Sarvabhomabhattacharya permitted all the devotees to enter his house, and upon seeing Nichananda Prabhu, the Bhattacharya offered him obeisances. Sarvamoba met with all the devotees and offered them a proper welcome. They were all pleased to see Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, the Bhattacharya then sent them all back to see Lord Jagannath, and he asked his own son, Chandaneshwar, to accompany them as a guide. Everyone was then very pleased to see the deity of Lord Jagannath. Lord Nichananda, in particular, was overwhelmed with ecstasy. When Lord Nichananda Prabhu nearly fainted, all the devotees caught him and steadied him. At that time, the priest of Lord Jagannath brought a garland and that had been offered to the deity and offered it to Nichananda Prabhu. Everyone was pleased to receive this garland worn by Lord Jagannath. Afterward, they all returned to the place where Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was staying. All the devotees then began to loudly chant the Hare Krishna mantra. Just before noon, the Lord regained his consciousness. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu got up and very loudly chanted, Hari Hari! Sarvabhomavacharya was very pleased to see the Lord regain consciousness, and he took the dust of the Lord's lotus feet. The Bhattacharya informed all of them, Please take your midday bath immediately. Today I shall offer you Mahaprasadam, the remnants of food offered to Lord Jagannath. After bathing in the sea, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his devotees returned very soon. The Lord then washed his feet and sat down on a carpet to take lunch. Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya made arrangements to bring various kinds of Mahaprasadam from the Jagannath temple. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then accepted lunch with great happiness. Hmm. So we're reading a little bit here from, um, from Chaitanya Charitamrita. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had come to Jagannath Puri. He had, uh, as he saw Lord Jagannath, he saw Krishna, and he just became overwhelmed, overwhelmed by ecstatic love. And, uh, and so his, his whole exchange began with, uh, with Lord Jagannath. And... Uh, there in the house of Sarvabhom Bhattacharya. It's, uh, it's very nice, nice place. And on the wall, there is a form of Sadbuj, uh, the form that Lord Chaitanya actually, <laughs> that Lord Chaitanya actually showed to, uh, to the Bhattacharya. Hmm. So let me see that Sarvabhoma is offering obeisances to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and says, Namo Narayanaya. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, Krishna Matir Astu. Huh? Let your attention be on Krishna. So, uh, It is the etiquette among sannyasis, those on the fourth platform of spiritual life, to offer respects by saying, Om Namo Narayan, I offer my respectful obeisance to Narayan. 
This greeting is used especially by Mayavadi sannyasis. According to the Smriti scriptures, a sannyasi should not expect anything from anyone, nor should he consider himself identical with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Vaishnava sannyasis never think of themselves as being one with the Lord. They always consider themselves eternal servants of Krishna, and they want to see everyone in the world become Krishna conscious. For this reason, a Vaishnava sannyasi always offers his blessings to everyone saying, Krishna Matir us too. <laughs> Hearing this, mm. yeah, um, so Sarvabhom Bhattacharya uh, realized that. Uh, that uh, Lord Chaitanya, he inquired who Lord Chaitanya was, and Gopinath Acharya explains that his father, who was he in his previous ashram? That is what he wanted to know. Uh, his, uh, and uh, Purva ashram, yes. And then uh, Gopinath Acharya replied, there was a man named Jagannath, who was a resident of Navadvip, and his surname was Misra Purandar. And uh, so he was the son of Jagannath Misra, and his former name was Vishwambar Misra, and he also happens to be the, the grandson of Nilambar Chakravarti. Ah. So with the Bhattacharya said, oh, Nilambar Chakravarti was a classmate of my father, uh, Mahesh Visarada. Mm. So in this way, he uh, uh, so hearing that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu belonged to the Nadia district, Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya became very pleased and addressed the Lord as follows: "You are naturally respectable. Besides, you are a sannyasi. Thus, I wish to become your personal servant." Uh huh. And uh, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was he was young at the time in comparison to Bhattacharya, and uh, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would uh, sometimes uh, sometimes uh, we see in dealing with with uh, a person who actually didn't have a proper understanding. Uh, then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would approach with humility. Like here we read, as soon as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard this from the Bhattacharya, he immediately remembered Lord Vishnu and began to speak humbly to him as follows. Text 58. Because you're a teacher of Vedanta philosophy, you're the master of all the people in the world and their well-wisher as well. You're also the benefactor of all kinds of sannyasis. Uh, I'm a young sannyasi and I actually have no knowledge of what is good and bad. Therefore, I'm taking shelter of you, accepting you as my spiritual master. Uh, I have come here only to associate with you and now I'm taking shelter of you. Will you kindly maintain me in all respects? 
the incident that happened today was a great obstacle for me, but you have kindly relieved me of it. The Bhattacharya replied, do not go alone to see the deity at the Jagannath temple. It's better that you go with me or, or my man. The Lord said, I shall never enter the temple, but shall always view the Lord from the side of the Garudastamba. Sarvabhama Bhattacharya then told Gopinathacharya, take Goswamiji and show him Lord Jagannath. Also the apartment belonging to my material aunt is, aunt is in a very solitary place. Make all arrangements for him to stay there. Thus Gopinathacharya took Ch Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to his residential quarters and showed him where to find water, tubs and water pots. Indeed, he arranged everything. The next day, Gopinath Acharya took Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to see the early rising of Lord Jagannath. So these are all the preliminaries of, uh, of the exchange that is to come. Uh, but uh, the, I think the preliminaries are, are interesting in, uh, in how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu takes that very humble position and even calls him his spiritual master, although uh, the sannyasi is the spiritual master of all ashrams. Uh, uh, from which then, meanwhile, Sarvabhama Bhattacharya is asking questions. Uh, this, the sannyasi is very meek and humble by nature, and his person is very beautiful to see. Consequently, my affection for him increases. From which Sampradaya has he accepted the sannyas order and what is in his name? Uh, Gopinath Acharya replied, The Lord's name is Sri Krishna Chaitanya, and the sannyas preceptor is the greatly fortunate case of a bharati. Uh, Sarvabhama Bhattacharya said, Sri Krishna is a very good name but he belongs to the Bharati community. Therefore, he's a second-class sannyasi. Gopinathacharya replied, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu does not rely on any external formality. There's no need for him to accept the sannyas order from a superior sampradaya. So, the Bhattacharya inquired, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is in his full-fledged useful life. How can he keep the principles of sannyas? I shall recite Vedanta philosophy before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu so that he may remain fixed in his renunciation and thus enter upon the path of monism. Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya then suggested, if Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would like, I could bring him into a first-class sampradaya by offering him saffron cloth and performing the reformatory process again. Gopinath Acharya and Mukundadatta were very unhappy. When they heard this, Gopinath Acharya therefore addressed Sarvabhama Bhattacharya as follows. My dear Bhattacharya, you do not know the greatness of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All the symptoms of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are found in him to the highest degree. Yeah. Gopinath Acharya continued. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is celebrated as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Those who are ignorant in this connection find the conclusion of knowledgeable men very different, difficult to understand. Hmm. The disciples of Sarvabhama Bhattacharya retaliated. By what evidence do you conclude that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Lord? 
Gopinath Acharya replied, the statements of authorized Acharya who understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead are proof. The disciples of, of the Bhattacharya said, we derive knowledge of the absolute truth by logical hip hypothesis. Gopinath Acharya replied, one cannot attain real knowledge of the Supreme Personality of Godhead by such log logical hypothesis. Hypothesis and argument. Gopinathacharya continued, One can understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead only by His mercy, not by guesswork or hypothesis. The Acharya continued, If one receives but a tiny bit of the Lord's favor by dint of devotional service, he can understand the nature of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. My Lord, if one is favored by even a slight trace of the mercy of your lotus feet, he can understand the greatness of your personality. But those who speculate in order to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead are able to know you, even though they continue to study the Vedas for many years. Srimad Bhagavatam 10, 14, 29. Hmm. Hopi Natracharya then addressed Sarvabhom Natracharya. You are a great scholar and a teacher of many disciples. Indeed, there's no other scholar like you on earth. Nonetheless, because you're bereft of even a pinch of the Lord's mercy, you cannot understand him, even though he's present in your home. It's not your fault. It's the verdict of the scriptures. You cannot understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead simply by scholarship. Savabhama Bhattacharya replied, My dear Gopi Bhattacharya, please speak with great care. What is the proof? that you have received the mercy of the Lord. Gopinath Acharya replied, Knowledge of the Samambhomam, the Absolute Truth, is evidence of the mercy of the Supreme Lord. Gopinath Acharya continued, You've seen the symptoms of the Supreme Personality of God in the body of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu during his absorption in an ecstatic mood. Despite direct, directly perceiving the symptoms of the Supreme Lord in the body of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you cannot understand him. This is commonly called illusion. A person influenced by the external energy is called Bhairamukkajan, a mundane person, because despite his perception, he cannot understand the real substance. Hearing Gopinathacharya say this, Sarvabhauman Bhattacharya smiled and spoke like this. The Bhattacharya said, we're just having a discussion among friends and considering the points described in the scriptures. Do not become angry. I'm simply speaking on the strength of Shastras. Please don't take offense. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is certainly a great uncommon devotee, but we cannot accept him as an incarnation of Lord Vishnu. According to Shastra, there is no incarnation in the age of Kali. Another name for Lord Vishnu is Triyuga, because there's no incarnation of Lord Vishnu in Kali Yuga. Indeed, this is the verdict of the revealed scriptures. And uh, in the purport, there's also a verse quoted from Srimad Bhagavatam. Let's read this part of the purport also. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Vishnu, is known as Triyuga, which means that he's manifest in three yugas. However, this means that in the age of Kali, the Lord appears not directly, but in disguise. This is confirmed in Srimad Bhagavatam 7938. Itam nitir Lokan Vibhava Yasi Hansi Jagat Pratipan Tarman Mahapurusa Pasi Yugan Vrittam Chano Kalo Yat Abhavas Triyago Tasatam 
My Lord, you kill all the animals of the world in your multifarious incarnations in the families of man, animals, demigods, rishis, aquatics, and so on. Thus you illuminate the world with your transcendental knowledge. In the age of Kali Mahapurush, you sometimes appear in a covered incarnation. Therefore, you're known as Triyuga, one who appears in only three yugas. So Bhagavatam explains this point. Uh, if everyone, if anybody brings up the point that the Lord is only appearing in three yugas, because the name of the Lord is Triyuga, then we have Bhagavatam 7.9.38, which very clearly says, Channa kalo yat abhavas triyuga, that he appears in a hidden form in the age of Kali. So that is quite significant. Upon hearing this, Gopinathacharya became very unhappy. He said to the Bhattacharya, you consider yourself the knower of all the Vedic scriptures. Srimad Bhagavatam and the Mahabharata are the two most important Vedic scriptures, but you have no, paid no attention to their statements. In the Srimad Bhagavatam and the Mahabharata, it is stated that the Lord appears directly, but you say that in this age there is no manifestation or incarnation of Lord Vishnu. Kali Yuga Lila Avatarna Kare Bhagavan, Ateva Triyuga Kari. In this age of Kali, there is no Lila avatar of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, he is known as Triyuga. That is one of his holy names. Uh, Gopinathacharya continued, There is certainly an incarnation every age, and such incarnation is called the Yuga avatar. But your heart has become so hardened by logic and argument that you cannot consider all these facts. Um, in the past, your son has had... Uh, bodies of three different colors according to the age. These colors were white, red, and yellow. In this age, Dwapara Yuga has accepted the blackish body. This verse is spoken from Srimad Bhagavatam 10.8.13 was spoken by Gargamuni when he was performing the rituals at Lord Krishna's name-giving ceremony. Mm. So that is evidence. Mm. In the age of Kali as well in Dwapara Yuga, the people offer prayers to the Supreme Personality of Godhead by various mantras and observe the regulative principles of the supplementary Vedic literature. Now, please hear this from me. Krishna Varnam, Tuisa Krishnam, Sangam Pagasta Parasadam, Yakya Sankitinapla, Jeriyanti, Samedisa. In this age of Kali, those who are intelligent perform the congregational chanting of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, worshipping the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who appears in this age, always describing the glories of, of Lord of, of Krishna. That incarnation is Yalavish in and is always situated in with his planetary expansions, such as Sri Nichananda Prabhu, and personal expansions such as Gadadhar, as well as his devotees and associates such as Rup Damodar. Bhagavatam 11.5.32. So we saw that he gave several evidences, right? And the evidences he gave were Gargamuni describing the four yuga avatars, Bhagavatam 10, 8, 13. Then we see 11, 5, uh, 32. Uh, and uh, as evidence, and then we also see a verse quoted, um, which is Bhagavatam 7, 9, 38, establishing Lord Chaitanya as the as the hidden avatar, and that therefore there is no contradiction with calling uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu three yuga, or the Supreme Lord Vishnu three yuga, because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Chana avatar, the hidden avatar. Mm. 
And that is, is very nice. Uh, so it is like that, that uh, sometimes there are apparent contradictions, but they can also be resolved if we are a little more knowledgeable. So Gopinath Acharya was not a scholar like uh, Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya, in the sense that Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya's learning was very broad and very vast, and he could, uh, in that way, right, in that way, his knowledge was broader than the knowledge of Gopinath Acharya. But we're seeing here that Gopinath Acharya points out you are not learned in in, in the Purana and also not in the Mahabharata. So in this way, you have actually missed the very essence of scripture. Srimad uh, Bhagavatam is Nikama Kalpatar Kalitam Falam Sukhubukat Amrita Drava Samyutam Pibata Bhagavatam Rasamaliam Mahura Hora Sikhubu Viva Vukaha. That this is the ripened fruit of all Vedic literature. It's the essence of all Vedic literature. It is the Amalam Puranam. Yadvaishnavam uh, Priyam. It is uh, very dear to the Vaishnavas, and this uh, Srimad Bhagavatam is, uh, is, is giving us the essence of all the Vedas. And it begins uh, with the words Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, establishing Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Yes. So, in this way, um, Clearly, Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya, although he is very learned, he had, in Vedic literatures, he had not paid attention to the Srimad Bhagavatam. Gopinath Acharya, on the other hand, uh, knew, uh, was able to quote essential evidence from Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, so, we also are, are focusing on Srimad Bhagavatam and not on Vedic literatures. Uh, uh, many of us may not be so conversant with the, uh, with the Vedas at all. Uh, but that is fine because the essence, Nigama Kalpatara Galitam Falam, the essence of the Nigama of the Vedic literature is included in the Bhagavatam. And, the, and it is summarized in the Bhagavad Gita. So in this way, by studying Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, one, uh, one can be considered uh, a scholar of Vedic knowledge and actually present Vedanta. Uh, Veda, there is Vedanta, which means the conclusion, the end of, of knowledge. Vedanta. So Vedanta, Siddhanta, or the final conclusion of the Vedas is, is Krishna, uh, as stated in Bhagavad Gita. Uh, aham, uh, what is it? One second. Sanivisto. Uh, I just can't find the first word. Uh, it, it, uh, it will come. It is the 15th chapter, 1515. I'll quickly go there because I can't stand it. 
when that happens. Uh -huh. Bhagavad Gita. Oh, I already got it. Sarvashit saham didi sanivisto matasmi tir janamapo nams chavidaista sarvir aham eva vidyo vidantakrit vidavid eva chaham. So, yes, uh, that uh, Krishna is, uh, is known uh, by all the Vedas and that he is, is the knower of the Vedas and that he is the purpose of the Vedas. And that is the essence. Uh, uh, I'm in the heart of all and remembrance and forgetful. And this comes from me. But the essential part I wanted to discuss is that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the knower of the Vedas, I'm the purpose of the Vedas, and uh, the Vedas know me. So this is, uh, this is what is the point. So when we are actually approaching Bhagavatam, then we are approaching the Vedas. And in the uh, Chandogya Upanishad, the Veda is established as Panchamam Purusha Veda. It is said the, uh, that is the Puranam Itihasam, um, and they are established as Panchamam Vedam. So the Puranas are established there as the fifth Veda. And that is important. Uh, Jiva Goswami has dedicated the Tattva Sandarbha in establishing that the Veda, that, that the Bhagavatam is bona fide Vedic evidence. Uh, and uh, because impersonalists may not accept, uh, impersonalists may not uh, accept that Krishna is the, uh, is, uh, sorry, I'm getting distracted. Someone's walking past the window. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, there's Shruti and Smriti, and the impersonalists generally accept the, the, the Shruti, that which is heard of the Lord. But Jiva Goswami first established that the Smriti, which includes the Puranas and includes Srimad Bhagavatam, is also full Vedic evidence. And then he just writes his, the other Sandarbhas where he establishes uh, the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, where the worship of Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the essence all based on, on Bhagavatam. So our principal evidence is Bhagavatam. And that we see in Gopinath Acharya. Um, let us see what else is there. Mm -hmm. Oh, we move back. Then uh, Gopinath Acharya also quotes from the Mahabharat. And he quotes the verse, Suvarna varno he mango, varangas chandananga di, sanyasa krit chama santo nista shanti parayana. The Lord 
In the incarnation of Gorasundra has a golden complexion. Indeed, his entire body, which is very nicely constituted, is like molten gold. Sandalwood pulp is smeared all over his body. He will take the fourth order of spiritual life, sannyas, and he will be very much self-controlled. He will be distinguished from Mayavadi sannyasis in that he will be fixed in devotional service and he will spread the Sankhita movement. And this verse is quoted from the Mahabharata's Vishnu Sahasra Nama Stotra. So, uh, that is quite... Uh... So, Gopinath Acharya was not a sentimental devotee uh, who was merely uh, attracted to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, his, and for some reason accepting him as the Supreme Lord. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, clearly, he clearly... Uh, was clearly indicated in the scripture, um, and uh, the uh, the verses are, are 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 certainly clear. A golden complexion, and uh, take the fourth order of spiritual life, and uh, will spread the Sankhita movement. These are quite uh, quite clear, specific uh, identifications of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Gopinath Acharya then said, there is no need to quote so much evidence from the scripture, from the Shastras, for you are a very dry speculator. There is no need to sow seeds in barren land. Hmm. When the Lord will be pleased with you, you will also understand these conclusions and will quote from the Shastras. Hmm. Um, in the in the Krishna Sandarbha of Jiva Goswami, there's an interesting discussion. And, uh, and in that discussion, it, uh, it is a discussion based on scripture. And there, the point is brought up that uh, one verse sometimes right, can, uh, can be taken as more important evidence than, uh, than other quotes. Uh, one verse may be particularly on the point and may be very clear. And then uh, also, yes, Vedic literature, uh, there are apparent contradictions in Vedic literature. And Vedic literature, although it is transcendental, um, we also see that Vedic literature is complicated. And, uh, and why is it so? Because we see in the beginning, we see in the, uh, uh, of the Bhagavatam in the beginning, we see a discussion between uh, Narada and Vyas, and Vyas is despondent, and the reason for being despondent is because Vyas has not, has written so many Vedic literatures, and in these Vedic literatures, he has tried to, uh, to relate to, to people who are on different levels and who are worshipping and who are attached to worshipping different deities. So he's written the Puranas dedicated to Lord Shiva for those who are attached to the mode of ignorance. He's, the Puranas dedicated to Lord Brahma uh, for those in the mode of passion. And finally, uh, those for those in the mode of goodness, dedicated to Lord Vishnu, and he has dedicated one Purana 
the Amala Purana to Krishna. So this is also explained in Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, so then it is said that Lord, uh, that, that Vyasadeva was not satisfied. He felt, felt despondent and the Narada Muni explains the cause of this despondency. It's because you have not directly glorified the Supreme Personality of Godhead. You spend so much time in all your Vedic writings about the worship of so many deities who are all uh, important and respectable, but uh, really it's about the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And then he writes the Bhagavatam. Uh, so uh, that, is the, uh, that is the point. Uh, that is the point. We can quickly have a look at that particular section of Srimad Bhagavatam to add a little bit more uh, depth to our discussion. So, one moment. Mm -hmm. Srimad Bhagavatam. And then... Uh, okay. Now... Okay, we... <laughs> okay, so now Narada appears. Addressing Vyasadeva, the son of Parasara, oh, this is uh, Srimad Bhagavatam 1, chapter 5, and starting with text number 2, 152. Addressing Vyasadeva, the son of Parasra, Narada, inquired, Are you satisfied by identifying with the body or the mind as objects of self-realization? No doubt your inquiry are full and your studies also well fulfilled, since you have prepared a great and wonderful work, the Mahabharata, which is full of all kinds of Vedic sequences, elaborately explained. You have fully delineated the subject of impersonal Brahman, as well as the knowledge derived therefrom. Why should you be despondent in spite of all of this, thinking that you're undone, my dear Prabhu? Mm. See, the Vyasa, see, Vyasadeva said, All you've said about me is perfectly correct. Despite all this, I'm not pacified. I therefore question you about the root of my dissatisfaction. For you are a man of unlimited knowledge, due to your being the offspring of one, Brahma, who is self-born, without mundane father or mother. My Lord, everything that is mysterious is known to you because you worship the creator and destroyer of the material world and the maintainer of the spiritual world, the original personality of God, who is transcendental to the three modes of material nature. Like the sun, your goodness can travel everywhere in the three worlds, and like the air, you can penetrate the internal region of everyone. As such, you are as good as the all-pervasive super-soul. Please, therefore, find out a deficiency in me, despite my being above, absorbed in transcendence, under disciplinary regulations and vows. Um, so that's also very nice how, uh, how the spiritual master can enter, penetrate the internal region of everyone and find, uh, as such you're as good as the all-pervative super-soul. And said the spiritual master is the external manifestation of the super-soul. Uh, please therefore find out the deficiency in me. Uh, 
So does that mean that it is necessary for the spiritual master to read our mind and our thoughts? No, it is not necessary. Uh, the point is the spiritual master can see how close or how far removed we are from Krishna. And subsequently, he can instruct us. Uh, and that is, is sufficient to be the external manifestation of the super soul. Um, so then Narada said, you have not actually broadcast the sublime and spotless glories of the personality of Godhead. That philosophy, which does not satisfy the transcendental senses of the Lord, is considered worthless. Although, great sage, you have very broadly described the four principles beginning with religious performances, you have not described to such an extent the glories of the Supreme Personality, Vasudev. And then quoting Bhagavatam, oh, sorry, we are in Bhagavatam, padam yaso, jagat pavitram pragriniti kari Those words which do not describe the glories of the Lord who alone can sanctify the atmosphere of the whole universe, are considered by saintly persons to be like unto a place of pilgrimage for crows, since the all-perfect persons are inhabitants of the transcendental abode. They do not derive any pleasure there. Hmm. On the other hand, that literature which is full of descriptions of the transcendental glories of the name, fame, forms, pastimes, etc., of the unlimited Supreme Lord, is a different creation, full of transcendental words, directed toward bringing about a revolution in the impious life of this world, misdirected civilization. Such transcendental literatures, even though imperfectly, imperfectly composed, are heard, sung, and accepted by purified men who are thoroughly honest. Hmm. So we're leading up to Vyasadev uh, writing Srimad Bhagavatam to directly glorify the Supreme Lord. So from this chapter, we are understanding that Vyasadev had not yet directly glorified the Supreme Lord. Although in the Mahabharata, we, we, there, there is something there, but it is not an exclusive uh, focus throughout the Vedic literature, there are verses referring to the worship of the Supreme Personality of, of Godhead. Um, but these verses are, are hidden in the sense they are in between many other verses and the focus is not there. But Bhagavatam is exclusively focused on the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And therefore, uh, even when Sarvabhama Bhattacharya was so learned in Vedic literature, uh, he, he still had missed the essence about the Supreme Personality of Godhead and spent most of his time with impersonal Brahman and so on, which is, as the uh, Isopanishad points out, Hiran Mayena Patrena, which is only the uh, 
effulgence of the Supreme Lord. Hmm. That comes to the point where we understand the philosophy of Sankaracharya. And Sankaracharya is saying that uh, Brahman, Brahma Satche, Brahman is truth, Brahman is. And that Brahman is the eternal manifestation of the spiritual energy of the Lord. Right? So therefore, Sankaracharya says, uh, there is the concept of the rope or a snake. In the dark, there is a rope, but we see a snake. Now, is it a rope or a snake? Uh, it is a rope, but it looks like a snake in the dark. And so we are careful uh, because it is the illusory energy that makes it look like a snake. So in the same way, the, uh, the Brahman is, but when we see all this variety here, that is actually, cannot be real, uh, because only Brahman can be real, Sankaracharya says. And, she, and that is called the rope-snake philosophy, Vivartava, the illusion philosophy. Uh, but the philosophy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Shakti Parinamava, that Brahman is Shakti and that Shakti can, can transform. And the evidence is there in Isupanishad, which says that this Hiranmayena Patrena, this dazzling effulgence, right, is covering your true appearance. Please remove it so that I can say, see your true face. And so it refers to, it is about the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Brahman is his effulgence, the Hiranmaya is actually the effulgence of the Lord. It is the energy of the Lord. And therefore, the energy of the Lord can transform. So Brahman is not the ultimate. Uh, the ultimate is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Brahman is simply the energy, the effulgence coming forth of the Supreme Lord. Hmm. So in this way, uh, we uh, have made an introduction today for the ongoing discussion on impersonalism uh, in relation to, uh, to Sarvabhom Bhattacharya. And uh, we will uh, continue with this for the next few days because Mayavad is a very extensive topic and uh, I, I will end here because uh, I, I really want to open up uh, more in a, in a fresh discussion. This sort of uh, closes our introductory discussion. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.